0: Blog Talk Radio. Day. Thanks, everyone, for, for listening today for to another um, another podcast, another new episode of Cinema Noir. It is Sunday, December 6th, and we're happy to have you with us as we go over another packed show, um, which will include three reviews um, of some of the latest releases, including um, a review of The Wiz Live, which was hugely popular on social media and beyond. So we're going to give our thoughts on that. We're also going to talk to um, Michelle Michener, who is one of the actresses from Chirac, which is now in theaters. That is the new Spike Lee joint, if you haven't heard about it. And I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the show. So we're going to talk to her, get um, get some, hopefully some intel, some um, info on what, what it was like to work with, um, with Spike Lee. And we're going to close out the show with our thoughts on the Independent Spirit Award nominations, which were announced at least a week ago, I want to say, right um, during Thanksgiving week. So all that, so we're going to talk about all those things. Without further ado, we're going to jump right into our reviews. Um, so I'm going to throw this actually over to um Tim. Um, who is also on the phone um, Well, rather She's also one of our co-hosts Hello, Kim Hi Happy <laughs> Sunday um, Happy Sunday Anyway <laughs> So you saw Chirac What did you think of it? I did
1: Okay, Um. so it took me like a couple of days Like fully process Chirac <laughs> It's a lot going on Um, I didn't hate it. We'll start there. It's not my favorite Spike Lee joint, but, you know, it's not horrible. Um, I know we were talking earlier, you know, Spike is very smart and he has, like, a lot to say. And I feel like sometimes he just tries to do a lot in one movie. So whereas, you know, he tries to tackle all these topics in this one film, he could have kind of spread it out across a couple of films. And uh, that's the same Mm -hmm. thing that I think happened with um, She Hate Me, which is one of those films that everyone hates, but I like (laughs) So I feel like this kind of suffers that same thing. Um, basically, it's based on the Greek tragedy, um, the, the Greek play, I'm um, no, sorry, Lysistrata, character is named Lysistrata, played by Tiana Parrish. Um, her boyfriend is played by Nick Cannon. He is this rapper who goes by the name Chirac, and he is in, um, I believe he's in a game called the Spartans, and there's this rival game. The Trojans, who are led by Cyclops, played by Wesley's Um And so, it's basically, mm-hmm. addressing the violence that's going on in Chicago, in America, um, and kind of how we're dealing with that as a country, and kind of the, the gun violence and the, all the casualties that are going on. Um, now, Nick. Canon playing this hardcore thug is one part that just was not believable to me. <laughs> and again I understand, you know, actors trying to break out of their shell and, you know, create a new path, but that part for me it just did not work. I'm like, this is Nick Cannon. Like I don't I don't I don't get it on my body at all. Um, so that was, you know, one thing about it. Um, but Tiana Paris, like I said, is a is pretty good. I love her. She's a super talented actress. You know, she's on Survivors and More. She was in Dear White People last year. This is, like, her, I think, first major role in the film, leading the film. So she did a great job Mm -hmm. with the the material. Um, Like I said, because the play is kind of based off of this this Greek tragedy, it does rhyme. And they're speaking, you know, all of their dialogue, it rhymes. (laughs) So I (laughs) thought it would have been a really good musical, but it wasn't a musical. Mm -hmm. So you're just kind of listening to these people talking rhyme. Um, uh, but then sometimes the background music is so dramatic and so overpowering that it kind of pulls you out of the scene. I know uh, I went with my friend and I was like this cause music is literally killing me right now. So you'll have this dramatic scene <laughs> and the music behind it is just so is just so much. So, again, I think it really would have worked as a musical, but it didn't fully commit to being a musical. So that mm-hmm. was kind of shame. Um, Angela Bassett is also in the film. She plays a woman who lives in the community. Who, I think, maybe fifteen, twenty years ago, her daughter was a victim of the violence, and so she's trying to, you know, work with the community to end the violence as well. Um, you know, Jennifer—I mean, excuse me—Angela Bassett is always perfection. So there's, I've rarely seen her give a bad mm-hmm. performance, and so that's no different for this film. Um, Jennifer mm-hmm. Hudson, her story kind of parallel Angela's story. You know, she's a woman who has just lost her child through some of the same violence that's going on in Chicago. There's this violence, little kid is outside playing and is, you know, shot and killed. Um, so, like I said, basically, mm-hmm. Spike tries to do a whole lot with this. It's like part satire, it's part Greek tragedy, it's part the drama. And sometimes it doesn't fit well together. Like, it, it's hard to believe that just Nick Cannon characters in the same movie with this Basic cancer, but they are all kind of mm-hmm. thrown together in there. And so, you know, the basic of the movie is, you know, the women go on strike, no sex for their men until they find a way to end the violence. So I guess this, you know, Our theme is that the women no. of America have the power. It, you know, we can end all of this violence. It's up to the women. Um yeah. So <laughs> the not... refrain effect. <laughs> right. It's oh not the best is in my opinion, but you know, whatever. This is like film, he can do what he wants. Um, like I said, <laughs> overall I didn't hate the film. It was kind of disjointed for me. It was kinda of all over the place at point at parts, but the performances for the most part were, you know, really good, with the exception of me buying that canon is just super fun. I didn't buy it at all. Um, John mm-hmm. Cusack is in the film playing this priest slash, he's a, he's a priest, but he has this like Baptist minister swagger that I found confusing, but for him. <laughs> for this that just makes, <laughs> It's John Cusack. And oh. he's playing like this, you know, spiritual leader in the community. He performs the funeral for the little girl was killed and he's going to have a great big message. But I was just confused by his character completely. Mm-hmm. completely mm-hmm. so you know people have asked me you know, should they go see it should they not go see it it's want said you know go see it make your own decisions about it you know it's like right. every other Spike Lee film mm-hmm. it's, just, it's mm-hmm. Spike Lee it's a Spike Lee film it's not subtle in the least <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: you know he has his message mm-hmm.
1: and he's going to put it right there wake
0: up wake up wake up so yeah yeah it's yeah. <laughs> It is interesting. I mean, I'm only I've only seen the trailer, and I'm still just like, what? <laughs> and and to hear you talk about it, i was just like, oh, okay. So they are. So that is the message. They are. You know, the women are compelled to refrain from sex as a way to stop gun violence. I don't know how the two are connected, but you know, go, go, go with it, because that is the basis of Alyssa Strada as well. So I'm assuming that Spike just really kind of carried that over to um, Chirac, because that's not, that's not his message, but I guess he wants to connect those two somehow. Um, So, okay. (laughs) I (laughs) you know, it's it's funny because one of the things that I thought of when I saw the trailer too, was, was just like, how did Nick Cannon get to this role? <laughs> like, right. just, I don't know. I just think that he's such a goofball, but you know, maybe he, maybe I'll feel something different when I, when I see the movie. Yeah. Right. I don't know. It really mm-hmm.
1: makes you think. Like, I wonder if Spike like, can pick him? Was there an audition process, and he beat out <laughs> other actors? This? I would be very interested in hearing <laughs> that process. Like, yeah. how that came to be Like, are you trying to be, <laughs> be ironic? Because if you're trying to be ironic, right. that.
0: like, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I do like the idea of, um I, no, not the idea, but I really love that people are starting to talk about Tiana Paris now because I love her as well. Uh, my whole point of reference with her is Mad Men. Um, oh, and um, Dear White People as well. But um, mm-hmm. I just think that she's a, a rising star who has a lot of really good potential, so I'm glad that she's, one, leading a Spike Lee film, which is a huge feat, because you know, mostly his films are led by um men. Um, so mm-hmm. this is very interesting and I'm really, really happy for her and I'm ho- I'm I'm interested to see where she takes this career I mean what you know what she does next after this and you know how people kind of perceive her and it's interesting. So when I um when Craig came out and people were talking about Tessa Thompson, it's like, Oh Tessa Thompson is Thompson, you know, even though she was she's not a brand new actress but you know, mainstream right. media just started kind of, like, grabbing a hold of her, and hopefully, you know, Tiana um, eventually, if not now, kind of starts getting that, because I still, I I kind of see the same thing happening for her as what happened to, um, for, T- for Tessa Thompson after Creed, um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I know a lot of mainstream critics saw um, Chirac as well, and just, you know, and it's interesting. the The reviews I've seen are very polarizing as Spike Lee films go, but um, right. it's largely positive. Even in, and it's interesting is one of these. It's, even some of the reviews are like, um, it's re- It's not great, but it's really good type of thing. It's like well, I- it, it's like it's not perfect, but it's it's almost ironically good. I think right the the impression I'm getting from some people.
1: Yeah, I can definitely yes yeah, that that's it. Because like I said, it took me <laughs> a minute to kind of process how I was feeling, and like which mm-hmm. of these feelings were su- like were supposed to be how I was supposed to be feeling, and what I actually you know so, yeah it's a lot, it's
0: a lot. It's true. true. So we're going to go over go on to The Wiz Live, which everybody was talking about on social media. I literally could not go anywhere. My whole timeline was flooded with it. I was not home that <laughs> night that it came on, so I could not agree with you. I was, like, the only person on the planet that was not watching The Wiz Live. But I know you saw it. Um, Kim, what did you think?
1: I loved it. Um, yeah. You know, I'm a fan of The Wizard of Oz, of course. And even the, the the Wiz movie with Diana Ross, you know, I was like, Diana is clearly 30 and a half in this film playing Dorothy, but whatever. You know, it's <laughs> fun. You enjoy it. And I felt like the, the, the live version had that same feel to it. You know, they updated it a lot, but the lingo was, you know, more hip for the youngins, I guess. I think she said something about being on fleek. <laughs> you know, but it was really good. Um, Shanice Williams, who played Dorothy, is amazing. She is a star. And if people had any questions, like I was one of those people, you know, when they had the, um, what they did, Peter Pan and The Sound of Music, I was like, why Mm. is NBC doing this? What are they doing? Why are they trying to ruin these classics for people? And so I was, you know, Mm. apprehensive about The Wiz. Then a couple of weeks, I think they released a video of Shanice singing with Stephanie Mills, who played Dorothy in the original version of The Wiz. And I was like, okay, I'm sold. The girl can sing. Mm-hmm. She has a little acting talent. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm glad that I, am glad that I watched the it. Granted, I stuck with it. <clears throat> um, Like I said, she's amazing. Super talented. The whole cast was great. Um, I know a lot of people on Facebook were very concerned about Toto being left out for the majority of it, <laughs> but I was like, it's live. It's on stage. Dogs are unpredictable. There's no second take. Mm-hmm. So I. You know, I understood Toto not being as prevalent as others might have wanted. Um, but visually, it was just stunning. It was fun to watch. You know, the Emerald City was just vibrant, and this was like a lot of fun to be a part of. It was a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, people were going back and forth about, you know, this is not based off the movie. It's based off the original um, from Broadway, and I was like, well, it's the way it's live. And so, I mean, I didn't have a problem with that. Um, I thought it was really great. Like I said, it was fun. The performances were great. I'm thinking that Dream Girl should be the next thing that they tackle because oh. the ratings were off the hook for this. Like I feel like 11 million people watched it. So the ratings yeah. were really good. I feel like they're going to have to do something else. I think Dream Girl should be next. I want Amber Riley to play Effie. And I'm, I'm <laughs> You already got <have> a cast. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm already casting. I'm giving this to you, NBC. All you have to do is make a cast. <laughs> Putting it
0: out there to make it happen. Yeah, it it yeah. I think it was it was the most successful or the highest rated um live or, or you know Broadway rendition whatever show um mm-hmm. you know of these recent of this recent trend of doing things like this. So which is good, although the others were not highly rated. <laughs> well, I think but... Sound of Music was highly rated, but um. It's good to know. It's good to see that this got so much um, attention. I um, I was very, very, very hesitant about it because one, because of the track record for um, Status music and *Peter Pan*, and all those were just awful. Like I didn't want to see the Whiz go down like that. But right. it's good to hear a, such a positive response. I and mean, I also thought it was really cool that they. Um, that they cast somebody who was lesser known, so to speak, for Dorothy, mm-hmm. because right. generally it would have been, like, I, I heard a couple of things. I heard, like, oh, what about Erica Badu, or what about, I don't know, some other people, some other people who were either not actresses or not singers, and so mm-hmm. you know how I feel about people who are, are, you know, who who don't, who can't sing, but are, right. um. You know, cast as singers in the in particularly like live versions of of things. So, but good to hear. What about um Mary J Blige and Queen Latifah? How were they?
1: You know, I was very worried about Mary J Blige because we too. I I was just worried because she was doing more than just singing. But you know, Mm -hmm. she was she was evil.ing She was very evil. She she pulled it off. Um, she she was effective. I you know I was throwing a little bit of shade beforehand. And I had to, you know, keep my word. She, she did a decent job. Um, Queen mm-hmm. Latifah is the Wiz. I love the fact that the Wiz was a woman. That was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. It was, you know, even Dorothy was like, you know, why can't the Wiz be a woman? Because, so, you know, someone was like one of the characters. Like, the Wiz is a woman. So it was like very girl power mm-hmm. in that way. Um, so yeah, she cool. did a great job. It was good. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. And I know, like you said, a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter. Had tons and tons of comments, and most of them, like I said, were positive. So it was really good to see. It's like that family TV moment. A lot of people said they're watching with their kids, and their kids were all excited about theater. So I think Mm -hmm. it served its purpose. It was really a good thing. And the fact that they're replaying it, I don't think they re-air the other two, but um, The Wiz, they're going to re-air it next Saturday, I believe, the 19th.
0: Yeah. Again, I think. They were just way too embarrassed about Sound of Music, and especially Peter. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, okay, make that a one-time deal. Let's never show that ever again. Exactly. Um, but no, this is that's all great. Um, I definitely want to try to catch it with the encore presentation. Although I do think it's also on NBC.com. I want to say. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Um, or at I least if it's, it was on <clears throat> oh, it's on Hulu too. Oh Hulu.
1: I wonder, I'm not sure, I'll have to check, who usually has, you know, everything that's on NBC is usually on TV the next day. So i and to
0: check and see if that's up there. But, yeah, so that's cool. Um, we're going to move on to The Revenant, which is not in theaters yet. Um, it's in theaters Christmas Day. So this is the movie that um, folks have kind of been talking about for quite some time. It's the movie. It's a movie that stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, John Gleason and a slew of, of other, mostly men, a mostly male uh, cast. Um, and it is set in the oh boy, I think it's the um, 18, yeah, the the 1820s uh, America, um, and still when the Native American and of course the white American relations were at its probably most belligerent, Um, Mm -hmm. and so the movie kind of, it has a lot of different things. One, it's a great vehicle for Leonardo DiCaprio because he plays um, a frontiersman who is just really put through the ringer, like he has um, this uh, son, or adopted son, so to speak, um, that he... Takes under his wing after his mother passes, so he has this responsibility and this. Um, he he just feels impassioned toward this child, to this kid who's probably a teenager, actually. Um, you know, he protects him, and you know, they in the eighteen twenties and traveling through hurricanes and and really tumultuous weather, and also because of the time period you know, supplies, are very scarce. So they're, like, wearing, wearing like, animal skin, like, literally ripped from the animal because that's how they make their clothes or they're eating, like, animals. They're doing a lot of hunting. So that's generally the, the, the setting of the movie, just to kind of set that up. And, and so they're kind of traveling with their, you know, group of guys, just really kind of, traveling across the frontier and um, the character that um, the frontiersman that Leonardo DiCaprio plays, he actually, um, he wandered off a little bit to probably, uh, I'm trying to remember, I think he was going to go hunt or something like that. So he was by himself and then all of a sudden this gigantic bear mauled him like brutally, like when I say brutally, <laughs> it is so incredibly graphic um and it seems to go on forever the scene um and so uh so that was that was a lot. I will admit that was a lot it was interesting because um there was this big kind of controversy, so to speak, with uh, another critic was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, the revenant is so brutal. And, and it is, as I've admitted. And, you know, forget about women seeing this. And that's when I was just like, wait a minute, what? Because we're women, you know, we'll take a particular sensitivity toward the revenant than the rest of the population. <laughs> so I took offense to that, so I actually wrote about that in my review. It is very brutal, but to say that women are not going to be able to to – to you know uh sit through it is just mm-hmm. misogynistic in in all kinds of ways um so that's that's kind of the beginning of the movie and um it's really about how he overcomes that, and there are a lot of spiritual themes, there are a lot of you know he's also a father, and so he's thinking about, oh my gosh, I can't leave my my son um and his son has a whole other slew of challenges facing him as well. Um, but, again, with the movie, one of the things the movie does really well is really capture him um, as a really great actor. I mean, we all knew that he was a great, I mean, at least I, I have known that he's been a great actor for a while. This is a very different role for him. One, he is, he's basically handicapped for a good portion of the movie. And when I say that, I mean, after this mauling, he can't walk. He can barely speak because his throat was sliced. He, um, what else? He, see, He's crawling through much of it um, just to survive. Like, so he's left for dead um, because the mm-hmm. frontiers, they're just like, you know, every man for himself. We're all trying to survive out here. You know, we got to leave you because you're slowing us down. We cannot drag you across the earth for, you know, the end of your days. <laughs> So they just leave him. They, you know, kind of put him, they dig a hole for him and just drop him in it. And they're just like, yeah, so bye. <laughs> and so wow. he, you know, is like struggling, you know, it's freezing as well. And so he um, has to kind of, he's he's forced to be on his own, but also forced to get himself out of this situation. But he has, he's also not only overcome, overcome by physical pain, He's overcome by emotional pain as well and the anger and just he's he's overtaken by um, this mission to avenge what has happened to him and as well as to his son who is also killed right before his eyes. So yeah. he's dealing with all of that, and then, he, and, you know, once he's a little more stable, that was all he was thinking about. I got to go kill the guy who killed my son. And so it was a lot of um, really beautiful shots of the frontier, um, really great performance by Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, who is generally used to, you know, working with all his mobility, and he, he, he utilizes that often. Um, so to mm-hmm. see him, you know, have to really rely on his facial Actual gestures and and ticks and quirks and stuff like that. That's a that's a new kind of Leonardo DiCaprio that I'm not used to seeing. So I was just like, oh wow! Especially if you think of what he did in um the last Scorsese movie that I cannot think of right now, the one that he played like this cokehead businessman. What is that movie called? Oh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. If you think of how incredibly physical he was in that movie, and then to see him basically not able to move at all in this movie it's such an alarming difference. So I think that's another thing that people are really responding to because he is completely just metamorphosed in in this movie. Um, Another thing I really liked about the movie, I mean, it's definitely not going to be for everyone. It is brutal, but it's not, it's, it's also, um, it's more about the human spirit and human resilience than anything. It's more of, uh, an emotional journey rather than, you know, a, a, a movie that has, like, a whole bunch of dialogue and character, um, like, a, a lot of flowery ca- characters. This doesn't really have that. It's it's, a, it's mostly, like, landscape, Leonardo DiCaprio, and then there's Tom Hardy, who is also amazing, in it. he's not talked about much in the buzz, but he is... The guy who killed his son so he but he's so maniacal and so he comes on the scene maniacal and never is not maniacal he's just he's he's so he's very intense he's very cut cut and dry and he's just like you know this is it we're all in a really you know shitty position (laughs) and you just have to like you know live through this you know i'm not going to baby anybody so Um, It was just really, it it was definitely really, um, it was well done. It's not my favorite film, but it was really well done. Um, I think people will definitely get a lot of different things out of it. Another thing I'd be remiss if I didn't mention was the way it depicts um, white and Native American um, relations, especially at that Mm -hmm. time. Most films that I've seen that, that chronicle this era they really use the word savage a lot, they use enemy a lot, they use and all of these words are are targeted toward um uh the natives. Um mm-hmm. and, you know, we all kind of know the story of what happens, so I'm not gonna rehash that. But it it's it's very troubling to see how that's depicted and how particularly younger audiences are um interpreting some of the some of those messages. And so to see this movie that actually almost balances the – the or takes ownership from both sides that, you know, both people were equally not good people. I mean, they're all out there for different causes, but working similarly, you know, using similar methods. So um, that was really interesting, and I'm glad that um, Alejandro Gonzalez and Yoritu um Found a way to incorporate that into this story, while you know it's largely from the white American perspective. It does have it doesn't paint the natives as savages and as beasts and as 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 um as um villains really. There's there's often cases, oftentimes in the movie where they are um, particularly with Leonardo Leonardo's Leonardo's character. Um, they have to kind of a lie, I mean, are lying themselves with one another for certain situations it's, I think it's mostly out of out of just you know an eye for an eye, not because they truly liked each other, but because something happened so they were paying them back type of thing. But um, it it was just good to see that there is a, there is of course, a, and I think this was like an obligatory American movie trope where it's just like, oh, the white man comes in and saves the native woman. There is that moment in the movie, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, you're doing so well, and you then put, you put this scene in. <laughs> So there's that, but um, other than that, it it is a decent movie. It's definitely not my favorite type of movie just because it's just, you know, it's it can be quite slow, but it's really, you know, about the human spirit, which is what Alejandro Gonzalez in eighty two always does a lot he gravitates towards um movies that are somehow um debilitating toward the human spirit (laughs) and and he likes to explore how the human spirit repairs itself so that's what this movie i think does essentially
1: Mm i know um i it wasn't really on my radar and then this well, the past week, it's like you kept seeing all this stuff pop out about the bear and this alleged bear rape or whatever, and then the director had to be like, "No, that's not actually what happens."
0: <laughs> no, <not laughs> but at I all. feel like
1: all <laughs> right. But I feel like you know Leonardo. His movies come out around that Oscar time for a reason. Mm. Do you think he has a chance, like to be in the Oscar race officially from this this performance? Do you think?
0: Um, it's definitely a really great performance for him. Um, it's it's really great as far as Leonardo DiCaprio performances go. <laughs> and they say that only because uh, you know I wonder if this, if a, if a different actor was playing this role, would he just be in a shoot in for the Oscar? I don't know if Leonardo DiCaprio was a shoot in for the Oscar. I don't, I don't think he ever is a shoe in because he's been nominated right. about ninety five times and has never right. won anything. <laughs> um, about ninety five, so, right? Right. So, but I, if he wins for this, if he's, or, or rather if he's even nominated for this, I wouldn't be mad at that. I can totally see that happening, him being nominated. And I have not really been impressed at all by most of the movies that have come out in terms of the Oscar buzzworthy movies. I've been really, really disappointed in most of them. But this is one that I can get behind. It's like if this film is nominated in any category, I would be like, okay, that's cool, because that movie is actually decent. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Do we have a caller?
1: No, not yet. Not yet. Okay.
0: All right. So um, that is it <laughs> regarding The Revenant. Um we can I guess while we're waiting for Michelle we can um talk about the independent spirit award nominations. Okay.
1: That's cool. cool. Do you want to take a break first or um Oh yeah, let's take the a little break. You know. Okay, we can take a little break first. Oh.
0: Songs of the moment, um, Alabama Shakes, Give Me All Your Love, really great band, really great song, one of my favorite songs ever, at least it's going to be, so, um, you know, like we, like we just were, like we explained a couple of weeks ago, we're going to start um, dividing up some of these sections into some, you know, just a little bit of song choices that we really like and think that you would like as well, uh, but let us know how you like that interlude, the music interlude, um, here, it also gives a call at 323-375-3242. Again, that's 323-375-3242. So we are, um, as we're continuing to wait for our call-up, we are going to go on to the Independent Spirit Award nominations, as promised. And mo- many of you might have already seen the nominees, but we're gonna go over some of the highlights um well, one is Beast of donation, no which is nominated for best feature um best director uh that was Carrie Jo-Ki, or sorry Carrie joji Fukunaga, who is my a k a my boyfriend <laughs> <laughs> um, so he he is nominated for best director um there are other people. Oh, Abraham Atta, um, who is amazing in the movie. I think he is the best thing about the movie, honestly. Um, and Idris Elba as well, Where am I believe. Yes, that's supporting male. And Abraham Atta is best lead male. So very, very great for Beast of No Nation. Did, did you see that one yet, Kim? No,
1: I didn't. I It's like on my to-do list, and then everyone was like, oh, it can wait, so it's still waiting.
0: <laughs> yeah, I kind of joined that crowd. You, yeah, it can kind of wait. Although <laughs> the Abraham Atah is very, very, very good in it. Um, I, you know, I've said this before, I know this is a very controversial opinion, but I'm not a fan of Idris' Idris's roles lately. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't, I don't, I think he's just not being cast in appropriate roles. This is one of them. Um, and I think Mandela was another one. Or was just like, why? But um, it's weird. I think it's just another one of those cases where Hollywood doesn't know what to do with certain black ca- talent and he is, in mm-hmm. those cases, black right now, man. but he's hugely popular. Um, and I guess that's all that's most important. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> Um, Tangerine, which we haven't really talked too much about. Um, I was super unimpressed by this movie but I know a lot of it's getting a lot of buzz and everything. It's, um it stars two trans- transgender actresses who are good, um, but in the movie. Um oh, we have a caller? Is, it, is Michelle yeah. on the line? Okay. Michelle? Hello? Hello Hi, Michelle. Hello? Hello? Hi, this... Oh, I'm sorry. Who is this? Jim. Oh, hi, Jim. Hello? How are you? Hello? I'm good. Gypsy! Okay,
1: that was
0: weird. <laughs> that was, that was super weird. Totally <laughs> thought <laughs> that was going to be <laughs> Michelle. <laughs> anyway...
1: <laughs> um, did we get our first right. prank call.
0: <laughs> yeah, we totally got our first prank call. I even know that people mm-hmm. still did that in 2015, but apparently that's. I the did thing, not either. Yeah. That's awesome! <laughs> wow. Okay. okay, so that was fun. Let's continue. <laughs> um, oh, um, another movie. I feel like I was talking about. Oh, I was talking about Tangerine. Um Yeah, have you seen that one yet? Um,
1: have not again, it's the one that's on my list, and now it's on Netflix. So,
0: <laughs> oh, is I it should... okay? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I now. would, I would like to see what you think. It um, <laughs> it it's a comedy, which I don't think people. Well, I didn't know that going in, so just FYI, <laughs> it is. I think it's a comedy. I mean, at least I was laughing. I didn't, I don't know if that was the desired reaction. But um, mm-hmm. let's see <laughs> what else is on here. Girlhood, um, which I think we talked about that several times on the show, um, mm. which I liked um, at the for the most part. Um, so did you see that one either? Kim? I
1: have not. I know
0: I've, this list is so
1: bad. I have not seen. I've seen
0: uh, like maybe
1: two or three of the films on here. It's just
0: I have a lot of work to do before I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so the Independent Spirit Award Dominate not um, Independent Spirit Awards is one of, or actually my favorite award of the season, just because one, I feel like it honors a lot of films that that just don't get honored anywhere else, um, and so that I do appreciate, I do. Feel kind of way when there are huge, huge name films that are, that are on this list that I'm just like, okay, you can just hang out at the Oscars. You don't have to be at the end of the Spirit Awards. So I always feel a certain way where I see like things <laughs> like Cattle or Spotlight. I'm just like, you, you don't need just Spirit Awards. Come on, um, Spirit Award is very, very, um, you know, very informal. Very, I guess, at, to Oscar standards, is very lowbrow. But I think it's, it's you know, they honor really great talent and really undiscovered talent and talent that just is completely underrated. So I I'm always like on the lookout. Um and shout out to Jennifer Fang who we've interviewed um several weeks ago for her film Advantageous, which um the sci fi movie, um, that is written, directed and stars, um, an Asian woman. And it is I think really great movie. So um really, really glad that that uh, gets some recognition here under the John Casavetes Award. Um, mm-hmm. let's yeah. see. I know for me, mm-hmm. I'm
1: excited about Brie Larson's nomination for Best Female lead. Um That's one of the few movies I have seen. I did see Roe. Um I love mm-hmm. the book, so I was very, you know, very much looking forward to seeing this film and she did not disappoint it at all. So I'm really glad that she's getting mm-hmm. some love for that.
0: Definitely. Oh good! I thought to see that movie. Yeah, it's really good. Have you read the book? I didn't even know it was a book until you mentioned it the other
1: day. <laughs> yeah, it's a book, and the um, the woman who wrote the book also did the screenplay, so I think that also helps. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a good, it's a good film, very good film. Her performance is awesome. I really like Brie Larson. I'm rooting for her. I want the world to know her. Mhm. Mhm.
0: And I didn't, you know, I think we were talking about it on Twitter the other day, but I completely forgot she's the same person from um, from Short Term 12. Completely forgot about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she's
1: also in uh, 21 Jump Street, which I blocked out.
0: <laughs> yeah, that I'm not going to No, That I'm okay. not going to even consider. <laughs> yeah. What else do you really like on this list?
1: Um. That. Is the biggest one for me. Um, I haven't seen it yet, but I do love me from Cynthia Nixon, and she's nominated for um, her role in the film James Light, which I have not seen yet. So that's on my to do list as well. Um, also I have a Oh, you do? Oh, you haven't been yet. in um, Ireland is nominated for Glass 10 and she's on one of my dearly Departed shows, The Divide. So I, you know for her as well. Oh wait, who? Wait, who is this? Um it's Marin Ireland. She was the lead girl, the oh, girl in China. Yeah.
0: hmm So
1: um let's see what else. I, I do
0: like to... Marin, but I've never heard of Glass Chin. This is my first time hearing of it.
1: Me either. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> but I do um, like
0: her. I really like her.
1: Yeah, I like her too. Um, like I said, the writer for Rome, Emma Donahue, she is nominated for Best Screenplay, so, or Best First Screenplay, so I'm for her as well. Uh, one movie that I've heard a lot about but I haven't seen yet, Me, Earl and the Dying Girl, have you seen that?
0: I have. Um, honestly, it's, it just, it's, it seems, it, it, it Okay get my thoughts together. So essentially it <laughs> reminds me of every other type of movie like that. Um, I'm trying to think of the other movie, the one that stars Emma Watson. Um, oh gosh. Um, I think Emma Watson is the only big name in it, if I remember correctly. It's like these... Teen, it's. I think right now we're in this mode of capturing teenage angst in the form of not like, not stunning those kids, but actual like Teenage suicide, teenage depression, and I think a lot mm. of these movies are kind of just copying each other right now. And this is one of them. I'm just like, okay, this is not to me. It's not outstanding. It's just, it's just like, oh, okay, it's it's one of those movies. Like it was very expected. Right. It was exactly the way that I thought it was going to be. Mm. Wow. So that's also on my to do list. So you can wait. <laughs> yeah. It can wait. It's crazy. It's
1: crazy yeah. um, I also want to seems- see Carol, which I haven't seen yet, but I know Kate Blanchett
0: and Rooney Mara are nominated for that. Yeah, I haven't seen Carol either, but that's definitely been on my list for quite some time. Um, yeah, so I can't really see. You know, somebody said um, on Twitter the other day, they said it was almost borderline a horror movie. Which kind of was fascinating to me. I'm just like, how? So now I really Hi. want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
1: get that vibe from the the you know the clip that i was saying. But no, a, not at all, not at all.
0: Um, I feel like we didn't we talk to the writer or star of Monoceros, or maybe I'm thinking um. of another movie because that sounds really familiar. I think it might have been a Tribeca actually. Anyway, I'm confused. Oh, okay. I else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talked about this on the sh- or on sh- we one of our Twitter chats when we talked about It Follows. That mm-hmm. movie is so whack. I can't believe that's here or anywhere in life. Like, it's not a good <laughs> <movie. And> so <laughs> I'm I never thought it would it could actually make it to some awards thing. I'm just like, that's here, but not Good Night, Mommy. So, Good Night, Mommy is a, um, it's an Austrian horror, and mm-hmm. I, I have to say to say it's a horror because I think I know it's class, it's categorized as a horror, but it's more of like a really demented drama. <laughs> um, uh, it's not what you think, and uh-huh. um, it's so basically that's about um, two uh, twin boys who are faced with a challenge after their mother comes back from getting plastic surgery and she's like all bandaged up and they think that she essentially was um, she came back essentially a new person and they think that you know she did this person this perpetrator has done something to their real mother Um, and so they're treating her differently and she's also treating them really strangely as well so it's really about their relationship as well as what happens when you think your mother has been um, replaced. So there's a lot of these different uh, themes that are going on, and it does get very demented. <laughs> and uh, I would say the last 30 minutes of the movie are probably like the longest 30 minutes just because there's so much craziness that happens in those 30 minutes. Um, but that's also a brutal movie. If we're going to talk about brutal movies, that's quite brutal. Um <laughs> But um, I would expect that here over It Follows, because It Follows just seemed like, an, like a made-for-MTV movie. Like, that didn't even look like a <laughs> real thing. <laughs> it was just yeah, so awful. Yeah. Did you see that one? No, I haven't seen that one either. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's no, no bueno.
1: Okay. Wow. I will say that one of the good things, or the great things about the Independent um, Spirit of Wars is that there are a lot of movies that I haven't heard of and so I have a can't see you know, Can kind I of go out and search for these things? Yeah. Oh,
0: there's um one of the array movies are on here, Out of My Hand. Did you did you see that yes.
1: one? Yeah. I did see that one. Did that you? was good. That was great. Um so that's awesome that that one is nominated. Um, yeah. Have you seen that one?
0: I haven't. Did you like it?
1: I did, I did. It's about um, this guy, he's a plastic farmer, I, I don't want to call him a plastic farmer, but he kind of, you know, taps the trees for the stuff to make plastic in Liberia, and his dream is to, you know, come to America so that he can, you know, find work and, you know, send back for his family, and it's just how that American dream is so elusive to <laughs> start, um, mm-hmm. and this that whole struggle and his drama trying to get, you know, kind of set up his life in America well. One of them came time his contact with his, his family. So it's a really good film. If you get a chance to see, it, you should definitely check that one out. Mm-hmm. That one.
0: Yeah, I I think it had some kind of debut, or I I think it maybe got staggered re- release or very limited release a couple of weeks ago. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah, it yeah, was in New York so. and L.A. first, and then they had these um, limited releases throughout the country. Mhm.
0: Yeah. So. I definitely want to see that, and I know they had they released another one. Uh, what was the other one called? It was out of my Hand. A young. A young. Did you see that one? Yes,
1: I did. I saw that one as well. Great film. Uh, that one is set in South Africa, and it's a a woman. It's kind of a coming of age story. She inherits her dad's um, mechanic uh, shop when he passes, and she's trying to you know figure out a way to keep this shop alive, and so. She starts kind of like flipping cars, like you know how he like, used to do, pit my car, <laughs> pimp my ride, is mm-hmm. um, a way to kind of you know keep the business afloat and just her dramas of trying to do that and you know her mother has, has a hard time, you know, with her father's passing and just her kind of coming to her own. That's a really good one too. That was a really good
0: one. Oh, I got to check that out. Um. Okay, so that's it for the Spirit Awards. I do want to briefly talk about Empire from last week. Did you see Empire?
1: I did see Empire.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. I would say the last (laughs) two episodes were really like, what? For me. (laughs) It was just, you know, as Empire does, puts a lot of things into It's just a lot of different things, a lot of – trying to just give us us a lot of different messaging all in one. Um, The previous episode, not last week but the week before, Thanksgiving week, was when Jamal kissed uh, Alicia – I mean Alicia – Alicia Keys' character and that, like, the Twitter was just like, oh, my gosh, is he not gay anymore, blah, blah, blah. Jamal's still gay, but um, and apparently Sky, who's played by Lisa Keys, um, she's another really really successful um, um singer. She seems to be crushing more on him than now, at least, but you know, based on the last episode, last week's episode, and yes. then I always get confused about when it comes to Lucius. I'm like, Lucius, do you not like your kids or what? Like. Oh. I don't I don't get his motives and just like you would think that he's not even related to these people. The way he right. connives and pins them against each other. Right. Yeah, he is the worst. <laughs> That's not just a term
1: we throw around a lot. But I can say was absolute certainty but he is the absolute worst character <laughs> ever. He is so yeah, he hates his kids but wants their <laughs> loyalty and then gets An attitude or getting his feelings when he doesn't get the loyalty that he feels like he deserves, even though he is the absolute opposite of loyal.
0: Great. I'm just like, Lucius, you are actually awful in every way. mm -hmm. (laughs) And, yet, yeah, just like you said, that was such a good point. He wants loyalty from his kids but hates. But he doesn't give them any loyalty back. He just he likes the idea of them just being loyal to them, to him.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And not even about loyalty. It's not even that he doesn't give them loyalty. He doesn't give them any respect. <laughs> like, no. before we even get to loyalty, can't you respect them as humans? No, can't do that. All right. right never
0: mind. Right. Yeah. I'm just like, and Jamal is like right up under him. I'm just like, Jamal, this dude does not like you. He
1: <laughs> does not be friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> right. He is not your friend at all. Yeah. I know people on Twitter were a little like at first with the kiss, it was like, whoa, where did that come from? And then I know a lot of people were mm-hmm. kind of hoping that this was going to be like this, you know, the turning point for Jamal to be like this, I guess, bisexual character. Because we don't have a lot of bisexual characters on. You no know, TV. We talked about the Glad Report a couple of weeks ago. You know, they're like three or four, maybe. Oh, but then they yeah, kind of cut yeah. out. I was like, no, he's not bisexual. He's still gay. He just kinda <laughs> right. <her really> <laughs> right. She just kind of went hard. And she's still crushing
0: on him. So, yeah. Right. You know, what well, my question is, though, whatever happened to his boyfriend? You know, I mean, did I skip an episode? On him? Well, yeah. The guy,
1: yeah, he just, like, cheated yeah. on him, and that was it. He was kind of gone. They haven't said anything, he hasn't been back. So, yeah.
0: But. I mean, Jamal's kind of flirty with some other folks too. So I just wow. thought they were cool with us. <laughs> I don't know. You know? It, was just, it was just wild because it, they didn't even have a confrontation. Like, oh, like I saw you in relations with another dude. Like, there was no kind of confrontation. There wasn't anything. It was just like he saw him do it and then we never saw that character again.
1: Right. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like we've all been talking about it on Twitter. There have been a couple of holes going on through Mm -hmm. (laughs) Empire this season. Some plot Mm -hmm. holes, some things that just aren't exactly like they should be. One of the things for me, Anika, like Boo Boo Kitty Anika. What has happened to this character? (laughs) Like, season two has completely changed her, and it's not a good look at all. Like, one, why is she crushing so hard on this child fucking. <laughs> One, he's a child. Two, he's not that cute. Three, stop. Eight. Like, he's that the whole wack. thing, he is the last <laughs> laugh Like, I do not like <laughs> him at all. <laughs> okay, he's my <laughs> least favorite, well, he's not my least favorite lion, for the delicious, but yeah, he's, like, the <laughs> worst, in the it's like she's smart. She's pretty. She can have it all, you know. Okay, she's not working at Empire. She can get another job. I'm, I have confidence that she she would not just devolve the way that she has. It's insane to watch. It's like infuriating to watch. I'm just like it, seriously. This it is what we're really do is. This character.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, it really is, and I thought it was just me. I was. I remember like the week before. I think it was Thanksgiving weekend. I was just like what are you guys doing with this character? Like, she is not this person. She's not this desperate. First of all, she looks like she is Hakeem's mother. Like, this (laughs) is ridiculous, what you're doing right now. And then to have her, like, falling over herself and then, like, competing with a girl who looks like she's 14 years old, this is all Uh very ridiculous. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm just like, when did she become so obsessed With Hakeem. I'm like, Hakeem, like that, dude? Come on, come on. Exactly. You know, and last
1: season we had Naomi Campbell with him, and it was like, that was a stretch for me. But, you know, I went with it. It was fun, whatever. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so now, like, all this, this revenge that she has on Lucius because of Hakeem, and Anika is losing her mind because of Hakeem. And you know, people are kidnapping Hakeem. Like, what is what is what is really going on? I'm so confused oh by the Hakeem show. I'm not here for it at Hakim. all. Not at all. It's really.
0: Crazy. And if if anything, I mean, I can even see Andre who's married over right. <laughs> over Hakeem, just because exactly. Andre for the most part is of stable mind for the most part, right? <laughs> not not all the time. Right, and he used <laughs> to be cured of whatever he had. So I don't know. This whole season, he's like normal, okay. But you know, um, a couple of meds from church, he got right. <laughs> right. <laughs> he just <laughs> meds and his church, and he is
1: fine. Yeah. But
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and then, and like that's the, the cliffhanger moment from mm-hmm. this last episode. I'm not to you know just too many spoilers, because who haven't seen it. It's been over a week, or at least a week. That like if that is Anika who did that like that is just so like I just don't I just don't get it
0: I don't understand it's like she took some crazy medication I'm just like Anika is that you she's barely recognizable as this character that they're painting her I'm just like what are you doing like why are you this person what is wrong why can't you get a job you're smart why do you have to just work for Empire. You don't have to just work. Right. You can start your own business. Yeah,
1: she, she does. has, and
0: is it, doesn't she have like this? Um,
1: rich. She comes from a rich family. Yeah, she does because her dad was the one who was supposed to be helping. Uh, What's the name, Lucius, in the beginning? Fund the whole takeover, or whatever. Yeah, so she what? has money. <laughs> she right, what does is the desperation, this boy? Right. What's this girl, I don't know. It's weird. This it's like wild. they completely. It's like they wrote this season. and I was like, oh, wait, we forgot Anika. Let's just make her crazy. <laughs> right. Let's, <laughs>
0: let's just do that and get that over with.
1: Wow. Very strange. Very
0: strange. And it's not cool. And there was the whole thing with Naomi Campbell and Marissa Tomei's character. <laughs> so <Yeah>. what now? <laughs> Again, <laughs> yeah. a lot of <laughs> stuff
1: just coming kind of out of left field. Like, wait, what? I, did I miss something? Yeah. I missed a lot. Missed right, I'm things. I'm
0: over here thinking I missed episodes. I'm just like, did I miss a couple episodes? When did we get here?
1: Yeah, like so. That's your life, huh? Okay. Oh, you're <laughs> leaving because you have cancer. Okay, so she's gonna be running it. Oh, okay. <laughs> This was all a plot because
0: Lucius told you to leave town?
1: Oh, okay. I guess. <laughs> right. We're just, we're just, like,
0: forced to kind of believe that, that right. any, did like, all that is nonsense. And I don't even remember Marissa's character having cancer. I was like, did I miss that episode where she had cancer? Oh, so I thought man. it was just me.
1: And maybe it was one of those things that she just said in passing or something, because I right. completely missed that. I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a lot going on, a lot. It's a but lot, It's Empire studies, Yeah, I hope hopefully the second half of the season will kind of pull these strings that are just kind of dangling together into a nice mm-hmm. bow. That's what I'm hoping.
0: I hope so. When does it come back again? Um, not until March, I think. Oh, March. Oh, no. that's sounds
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really long break. Very long break.
0: I don't know. All right. Um, fortunately, we cannot get a chance to talk to Michelle, but we thank you all for listening. And that's the end of our show. Um, thank you, of course, to co host Kimberly. Um, okay. And happy Sunday. Enjoy the rest of your day. All right. Bye. Bye.